0: Well, what's up everybody and a little bit a little bit smaller crowd today in the room than we had last week but i just want to talk about last week for a second and give everybody an update if you didn't get to watch the video um just a few minutes before the service we had over 2100 people at a service last week um and i reported online that we had 50 salvations that's actually inaccurate We had um, around 67 people get saved, 17 on our online audience. So 17 people online accepted Christ, 67 total salvations. And it it was a phenomenal experience. We got to sing. And here's the reason a lot of people have asked me why, when we do an event, is the music so loud? It's real simple. The music's so loud so you can't hear yourself sing. And so you can't hear the person next to you singing. So that's why we're always going to have loud music. And the Bible talks about loud music a lot. If you have a Bible today, if you have a Bible, go ahead and grab it and go to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. While you're doing that, um, I want to welcome everybody online, whether you're on Facebook, whether you're on our church website. And I want to welcome Life Spring Church in Tennessee, one of our partner churches, that, that you're streaming this message in. I want to welcome you guys. We're starting a brand new series today called He's Up to Something. He meaning God, He meaning Jesus, is up to something. And we're going to be in Luke chapter 5 from this week right up until Mother's Day. So from this week right up until Mother's Day, we're just going to systematically walk through Luke chapter 5 and talk about the fact that God is up to something, not just in the world, but God's up to something in our lives. And if we're willing to surrender to Him, our lives can turn out way better than we ever expected or imagined. Let me, let me set it up this way when I was a kid I had a routine and a lot of people make fun of me meaning Logan and Carly make fun of me because of how much of a routine I have I go to the same places I eat the same food I wake up at the same time I mean everything about me is routine and that started back when I was a kid so when I was a kid um, I would wake up on Saturdays pretty early which was awesome because Sunday through Friday I couldn't wake up I couldn't get out of bed you know, church or school, couldn't get up, couldn't get out of bed. But Saturday morning, I was magically awake every time because of cartoons. Now, if you're around my age, I'm 46. We ha- I had have- some cartoons that I watched every Saturday morning. Start off with the Smurfs um, and love the Smurfs. That's before uh, Christian leaders came out and said they were satanic. Um, I watched them after that. Really, they did. They were Smurfs for satanic. I never could figure that out. After the Smurfs, was the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner show and watched Bugs Bunny every single week. Bugs Bunny is my favorite cartoon character of all time. Right what well, Mickey Mouse is and Bugs Bunny is number two. After that, I would watch Mid-Atlantic Championship wrestling. Um, and, it not, and it wasn't anything like the wrestling we have today. It was like old school ghetto wrestling. And then after that, I would go outside and play. That's what I did every Saturday, every Saturday growing up. So one Saturday, I'm laying in my bed. It's about 7 7, 715. And my dad walks in, which he never does, my mom and dad would sleep in a little bit. And then my dad would go fix something because in the south, men just fix stuff on Saturdays, even if it's not broken, they go fix it. So my dad walked in and he said, Hey, boy, get up, get dressed, let's go. And this first of all, it was totally interrupting my flow of my of my life as like a eight or nine year old. Number two, this was not normal It was interrupting my routine. So I just asked the question. Where are we going? And he said, that's for me to know and for you to find out. And I said, that's what I'm trying to do, trying to find out. (laughs) And he said, I said, get dressed and let's go. Now, automatically, fear began to dominate my life uncertainty, this was ruining my... I I started thinking bad things. I started like... and and the worst thing that I could think of is he's, he's gonna take me to school and drop me off and he's lost his mind, he thinks it's Friday but it's really Saturday. But when he was walking out the door, I never will forget this, when he was walking out the door and I'm shaking, I'm scared, he had a smirk on his face. He just had a smirk. And I had this thought in my mind, I really did. I remember thinking this like an eight or nine year old boy. He's up to something, but I didn't know what. So we go outside, we get in the truck, we're driving down the road. I lived in the Easley at the time and, uh, and the whole time I'm like, where are we going? He's like, don't ask me again. And so when my dad said, don't ask me again, which by the way, that was real confusing because <laughs> if you grew up and around my age, your parents every once in a while would be like, do it one more time. And, and they meant don't do it one more time. It was really confusing. So don't confuse your kids. But he was like, don't ask me again. And so I'm really nervous right up until the time he pulled into Carolina Cream Donuts. Now, we're from Easley. We didn't have Krispy Kreme. We were ghetto. We had Carolina Creams, not quite Krispy Kreme. And we walked in, and he allowed me to pick out a dozen donuts. And we came back home, and my mom got out of bed, and they drank coffee. I didn't drink coffee at the time. I thought it was gross. And it was, till this day, it's one of the best memories of my childhood. Now, it all started with my dad interrupting my routine. When he said, get up, get dressed, let's go. I didn't know where we were going. I had questions. I had doubt. I had insecurity. But at the end of the day, I would agree that his plans were better than my plans. His routine for the day was better than my routine. So when I tell you God's up to something, I don't want that to scare anybody. Because if you're from a church background or you're, you know, used to go to church and you quit going to church or you Stop. you walked away from faith for whatever reason. When somebody tells you God's up to something, automatically we think, we automatically go to He's going to get us, He's going to beat us up, He's going to ruin our lives. But God's not out to mess our lives up. Jesus said, I came to give you life and give you abundant life. So I want us to walk through Luke chapter 5. We're going to go through the first two or three verses today and just point out, and today all we're going to do is talk about the first step. If you want to get in, on what God wants for your life, there's just one step we're going to talk about today. There's just one question we've got to answer. But before we answer the question, we got to get to the verse. Here we go. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. Oh, let me, let me pause and say this. Let me pause and say this before we get started. Jesus used Peter to change the world. Jesus used Peter to change the world. We don't have Peter. We don't have Saint Petersburg. We don't have um, Saint Peter's, you know, Basilica. We don't have all that. We don't. There's a lot of architecture. Jesus used Peter to change the world, but it didn't start in a church service, and it didn't even it didn't even start with a powerful invitation. It started with a conversation, and that's what we're going to get in Luke chapter five, verse one. The Bible says this: One day, as Jesus was standing by the Lake of Gennesaret or the Sea of Galilee. The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. Now, I want to pause real quick and just say this. Luke starts out, and the first two words in chapter 5, verse 1, are one day. Now, this confused me for a little while because looking at the text and considering the fact that Luke is a doctor, and doctors, one thing I know about doctors, is they're very detailed. And and I love that. I want to go to a detailed doctor. I don't want to walk into my doctor and my doctor say, Well, I don't know. It's either your heart or your leg. We're going to have to run some tests. I mean, I want my doctor to know the facts, right? And Luke knows the facts. When you go, in fact, Luke chapter one, Luke says, I wrote this entire book. The entire book of Luke was written for one guy named Theopolis. And he said, "I I wrote this book after I carefully investigated these stories. So Luke is Really, really, really detailed. When you look at the information Luke provides in Luke and in the book of Acts, Luke also wrote the book of Acts, the geographical information, the historical information, it's fascinating. And Luke is a very detailed person. So when I come back to this and I see one day, my first thought when I read that was, Luke, why didn't you tell us what day? Like, why didn't you say Tuesday, Friday, Saturday? But Luke doesn't do that. He just says one day. Now, this one day that we're about to read about not only changed Peter's life, but it changed all of our lives as well. And it happened one day. Now, the thing that really stuck out about this to me is a lot of us, in fact, most of us, if we're going to expect God to do something in our lives, we're going to expect God to do it on Sunday. Because that's when we go to church. Now, I believe... In going to church, I believe in gathering together as a body. In fact, we're going to talk about at the end of this message. We finally have a place um, for second chance to start gathering. I'm going to give you all the information about that. Super excited about that. Um, 52 times a year, we got 52 Sundays every year, and it's a great time. In fact, last week was a great reminder of how awesome it is to get together and sing and hang out and and fellowship. That's a Christian word, but that's the only thing that. Blew through my mind, and and hang out. I, I love doing that. And a lot of people say they don't need church, and I, I just I just know that's not true from the scriptures and from my own life. But what I want to emphasize is God doesn't want to just work in our lives on Sunday. He wants to work in our lives every day. And let me say this. Let me say this. This does not devalue Sunday, it actually elevates every other day. So. Yes, God might want to do a work in our life on Sunday, but what if He wants to do it on Tuesday? What if He wants to do it on Thursday or Saturday? It's an incredible possibility. So Luke just says one day, not Sunday, but one day. One day, let me keep, let me just, this is just two words. I promise we'll get through some of these verses. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, The people were crowding around him, imagine this, people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. Now, all of us in this room most likely have believed or bought into a myth at some point in life. Like like Logan believes in aliens and we all know it's a little bit crazy, it's a a myth. once again, if you're around my age, you'll remember this. If not, you're going to have to Google it, but I promise you it's true. In 1999, in the spring of 1999, I was working in a church. Um, I was the, pretty much the minister of miscellaneous. I just kind of did everything. So the phone rang, and the church secretary um, asked me, Perry, can you get the phone? So when, when the church secretary asked you, can you get the phone, that's how low I was on the total pole. okay? So I answered the phone. And I knew the lady on the other end. I won't call her name. um, And she said, Perry, what are we going to do about all this craziness? And the thing I've discovered um, about Christians is if you just pretend that you know what they're talking about, eventually they'll tell you what they're talking about. So I said, I don't know. I said, it is crazy. I said, in fact, there's a lot of craziness going on around here. What specific craziness are you referring to? And she said, Y2K. (laughs) Y2K. Now, you, yeah, I know you don't remember it, Logan. It, it was a completely alien conspiracy. Um, Y2K, you're going to have to Google this later. I had no idea what Y2K was. But it's the first it, it, that I remember. It's the first global panic that was based on a myth. And I, I had no idea what it was. And I was like, I know. A Y2K is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Because technically, i just heard of it. I said, why don't you tell me what you know about Y2K? She spent the next 10 minutes literally scaring the hell out of me. Like, it was like, planes are gonna crash, we're gonna lose all of our money, all of our ice cream is gonna melt, Carolina's <laughs> gonna start beating Clemson. I mean, all these bad things were gonna happen, and I was just, I, and so when she finished, I was like, well, what do you think we should do? And so she had this plan, along with a lot of other Christians, um, it was called the Joseph Project. You can't make this stuff up. It was called the Joseph Project, and we needed to buy generators and water. And I was like, yeah, let me talk to the pastor about that. And I hung up. I never talked to him about it. Um, but it was the craziest thing. That I, and, you know, people did. People went out and bought generators. I had a friend, not making this up, I had a friend that his wife got so freaked out, she went and bought 10 cases of toilet paper. And I asked my buddy, I was like, what is that? He goes, dude, I don't know if planes are going to crash, if we're going to lose all our money, but you're going to be able to wipe your butt in this house. I'm like, yes, I'm coming to your house if that happens. Y2K was a complete myth. It didn't happen. But people freaked out and reacted like it was going to happen. A few years ago, something a little bit more current, do you all remember when everybody was freaking out about the Aztecs or the Incas or whatever their calendar? And I was like, they're extinct. Who cares what they thought, right? But everybody's freaking out and the world's going to end, and obviously it didn't. When we, be- when we begin to buy into myths and we begin to react according to myths, we do crazy things. Now, I said all that to say this. One of the biggest myths in the world, and I see this probably at least once or twice a week, is this. Here, here's the myth. The church is in trouble because people don't want to hear the word of God anymore. The church is in trouble because people don't want to hear the word of God anymore. Now let me just kind of walk through this for just a second. Number one, the church is not in trouble. The church has survived for two thousand years. The church has outlasted governments, economic systems, the, the crusades, and the Inquisition. I think if we can get through that, we can get through what we're going through today. The church is not in trouble. Now, the way we're used to doing church might be in trouble, but the church never will be in trouble. Jesus said the church will be here until he comes back. And so the church is not in trouble, okay? Our our way of doing church is, but the church overall is not in trouble. But the second part of that myth is really interesting. The church is in trouble because people don't want to listen to the word of God or hear the word of God anymore. Completely not true. It's not that people don't want to hear the Word of God. It's not that people aren't drawn to Jesus. People just aren't drawn to the ways of man that are disguised as the Word of God, a.k.a. religion. Because when we look in this text, Jesus is speaking, and as Jesus is speaking, the crowd is gathered around Him. Like crowds and crowds and crowds of people. You know why? Because Jesus is speaking hope and Jesus is speaking life, and Jesus is speaking peace. And even when He confronts people, He confronts people with compassion and not condemnation. And so we see in this text that people are drawn to Jesus, but even 2,000 years ago and even today, people are drawn to Jesus but repelled by religion. Because religion is about behavior modification and Jesus is about life transformation. Let me say it again because it was good. Religion is about behavior modification. Jesus is about life transformation. Religion says change and you can follow me. Jesus says follow me and you will change. That's an invitation that people are interested in. So people are completely bought in to, re- to, to, to a relationship and not religion. Because, let's talk about this for a few more minutes, religion has a consistent message. Here it is. You're not good enough. doesn't matter what we're talking about. You're just not good enough. So you're not a good enough um, spouse. You're not a good enough parent. You're not a good enough person, you don't read your Bible enough, you don't pray enough, you don't do enough, and even if you started doing more, it just wouldn't be enough. And you know what I've discovered about people when you constantly beat them up and tell them they're not enough? That's when they walk away from church. That's when they, and and we can't confuse that with the Word of God. We can't confuse the ways of man and the Word of God. Religion says you're not enough, Jesus says, I am enough, follow me. That's the difference. And people are absolutely drawn to that. One night I was downtown Greenville. Um, I think I was going to a concert and walking with a friend, having a conversation. And I heard somebody shouting on a megaphone. And I was kind of shocked because I didn't even think we had megaphones anymore. Um, But they're shouting on a megaphone and I'm automatically interested because I'm like, This is probably a sermon illustration. And I was right. I'm like, this is going to be interesting. All of a sudden, the megaphone started getting louder and louder and louder. And a station wagon passed me. Station wagon. Didn't know they made those. Station wagon. It was four people in the station wagon, all little old men wearing coats and ties. And one little old man had the megaphone barely hanging out the window because he didn't want, you know, the cooties from the bad people getting on him. And he is screaming hell fire and brimstone at people. And I remember turning to my friend and talking, because he was like, you're going to hell. I'm like, I'm not going to hell. I'm going to concert. I'm, <laughs> I remember turning to my friend, though, and saying, that's why people are walking away from church. Because there are too many people that would rather heap condemnation than have a conversation. And Jesus, we never see him heaping condemnation. We just see him having... A lot of conversations, by the way, with a lot of really shady people. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. So so Jesus is preaching the word of God and people are drawn to him. Now watch this. It gets real interesting. And this will really come into play next week as well. Don't miss next week. Verse 2. He saw at the water's edge two boats. Thank you, Luke. See, I told you Luke was detailed. Left there by fishermen. Once again, thank you, Luke who were washing their nets. Now, quick question, quick question. Have you ever had a night that you just thought would never end? Never, may, maybe, maybe if, you, if you got a baby, if you've ever had a baby, you'll understand this. Like you wake up in the middle of the night and the baby starts crying and you're like, no problem. And then 30 minutes later, the baby's still crying. An hour later, the baby's still crying. And you're freaking out, especially if, you're, if this is your first because you can't find the off switch. You're kind of turning it all around, trying to find the off switch. You can't find the off switch. And the baby screams and cries all night. And you're like, dear God, just let me see the sunlight. Just let me." Have you ever had one of those nights if you're a parent, you understand that? Or maybe it's a travel thing. I, I've been traveling before and they cancel the flight and you're spending the night in the airport and it, it smells. Or you, you've just had one of those nights or one of those seasons in your life that you're like, dear God, have some mercy and let this be over. That's what the fishermen had just experienced. We're going, to find, we're going to see this next week. But they had just fished all night. Now, <laughs> I honestly can't think of anything more miserable than fishing all night. I don't like to fish. Some of you love to fish. If you love to fish, praise God. But I'm, I don't like to fish because it's too boring and there's not enough action, right? So. But if you like to fish, no judgment here. No judgment, all right? You just fish. I'll eat it if you cook it fillet it though. So I imagine them. they had just fished all night. They had caught nothing. So not only had they been fishing, but they caught nothing. Now this wasn't like, this wasn't them just going out to fish for fun. This is how they provided for their family. And so when they caught nothing that meant they brought nothing home, that meant they they brought no money home that meant they couldn't provide for their family this was an incredible listen let me tell you something about these fishermen they were probably angry they were probably confused like why is this happening had fished all night throw the net on the left side uh, right side throw the net on the left side throw the net up in the air to see if the fish happen to be flying <laughs> nothing worked nothing worked. they couldn't make anything work they're frustrated they're confused They're angry, and all they wanted to do was wash their nets, right, and get all the beer cans out of them and everything, get their nets and fold them up and go home. That's all they wanted to do. They were blue-collar, third-shift workers who had had a bad night. I don't know if that describes anybody here who maybe you're in a season where you're confused or maybe you're in a season where you're frustrated or maybe you're in a season where things just aren't making sense. We've all been there before, and by the way, that's when we expect Jesus to work in our life the least. But you know what i discovered about pain? Pain really does make us more open to what Jesus wants to do in our lives. At least that's the way I've experienced it. And so, so we, see, we see right here, Luke tells us, there's two boats, water's edge, guys are washing their nets, and verse 3 gets kind of crazy. Now, let me say it gets kind of crazy. The reason we've never seen it as crazy is because we read the Bible uh, or maybe you've heard the story all your life, but I'm going to put in a modern context in just a second to show you how crazy this is. Luke 5, 3. He, meaning Jesus, got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon. Now that doesn't mean the other boat isn't important. In fact, in two weeks, I'm going to tell you how important that other boat was. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Now, I just want to help people. This is not normal. This is bizarre. We don't think it's bizarre because especially if you grew up in church, you're, you're, but let's look at it through a modern lens. Let's say you worked third shift. You, you worked all night. It was a bad night. Got yelled at by your supervisor or whatever. You didn't get your job done. But on the way home, you need to stop and get some groceries. So you stop at the grocery store, and you get some groceries, and as you walk out of the grocery store, you notice there's a crowd of people, like a huge crowd of people, at the end of the parking lot. And you're just kind of scratching your head, because all you went to do is buy groceries. And so as you're putting your groceries in your trunk, a random stranger comes up and gets in your car with you. Like, gets in the car. And you walk around to him and go, can I help you? And he says, yeah, could you drive your car over to that crowd, and when you get there, let me stand on top of it and teach them? None of you would go, well, yes, Lord, that is a brilliant idea. No, you would be like, that that is carjacking. That's what that is. That is carjacking. This is not normal. So take Peter. He's been fishing all night. He's frustrated. He's confused. He's aggravated. And Jesus walks up to him and says, can I use your boat? Can I use your boat? Don't don't miss this. Jesus wasn't seeking Peter because of his ability. He was seeking Peter to see his availability. It's not our ability that, that God's after. It's our availability. Because if we will make ourselves available, God is the one who is able and will provide us exactly what we need to take our next step jesus could have walked up to peter and said listen peter listen 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 i've heard some things about you first of all your language peter you've been known to cuss we're gonna to have to clean up that language second of all you're a bit impulsive like you're a bit impulsive and you've got a temper So we're going to have to get that calmed down, worked on. In fact, here's the number of a good counselor. You just go see him, get your temper. Number three, Peter, you're a fisherman, which means you got kicked out of Bible school because you weren't good enough. So I'm going to need you to go back and memorize the Old Testament. And I'm going to circle back around in another year or two. And if you've stopped cussing, if you've got your temper under control, and you've memorized the Old Testament, then I want you to follow me. He didn't do that. Jesus simply said to Peter, let me, and in fact, he didn't even really ask. He just kind of told him, hey, put your boat out and let me use it to teach the people. Once again, it wasn't Peter's ability. Peter, Jesus didn't come up and say, stop fishing. You've been fishing too much, Peter. This is the other thing that Jesus didn't say. Peter, I want to use your boat. Here's what's gonna happen. You're going to follow me for about three years. Um, I'm going to get, I'm going to get betrayed. I'm going to get crucified. You're going to freak out. deny me three times. You're going to cut off a guy's ear. It's going to be really, but I'll fix it. Don't worry about it. Um, After that, you're going to go back to doing what you said you would never do. I'm going to come and pull you back in. And um, eventually you're going to wind up in Rome and you're going to get crucified upside down. You in? Because if somebody offers me that plan today, I'm like, ah, man, I got this thing. I got this, I'm not buying in. Jesus simply said to Peter, Can I use your boat? Translation, are you available? Let me tell you something. Peter probably had some questions. Peter probably had some concerns. Peter was probably tired. Peter was probably frustrated. Peter was probably wrestling with doubt. But at the end of the day, There was something about this man, Jesus, that made Peter say yes. And by the way, because Peter was available, it changed his life. And it changed my life. And it changed your life. And if Jesus did it 2,000 years ago with a guy named Peter, he'll do it today with, with you and with me the biggest question that we're going to wrestle with and next week, we'll go to the next question. But the biggest question if if God's up to something, if God wants to do something in our lives, the first question has nothing to do with our ability at all. It has everything to do with our availability. So my question today, in conclusion is this. Are you available? Would you be willing to just tell God today, I'm available? Because the first step he's going to ask you to do, don't, don't freak out. God's not going to say, sell everything, take a vow of poverty, and move here, and do that. No, no, no. He's just, all he asked Peter, can I use your boat? The first step that Jesus asked us to take is always about our availability. And today, maybe it's just you telling God, you know what? Here's the deal. I know your plans are better than my plans. I don't completely understand everything going on right now. But at the end of the day, I'm available to do anything you want me to do. It'll change your life. It changed my life. It changed Peter's life. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you so much that you don't look for ability. You look for availability. I pray for every single person watching right now, whether they're in the room or an online platform or listening through a podcast. Jesus, that you would speak to our hearts because you're up to something. You're up to something incredible. You're up to abundant life. You're up to immeasurably more when it comes to our lives. And Jesus, I pray that so many of us today would take that step and say I don't understand everything about life, circumstances, Jesus, I don't even understand everything about you, but here's what I know. Your plans are better than mine, and I'm available. With heads bowed and eyes closed right now, maybe there's some people listening to this message and that's what you need to tell the Lord right now. You're a Christian, but you just need to say, Lord, I'm available. Whatever you want to do, I'm available. And maybe you're here today watching and you've never accepted Christ in your life. You never have asked Jesus. And here's why you're afraid he's going to mess up your life. Jesus doesn't want to mess up your life, he wants to give you abundant life. Jesus doesn't want to hold you back, he wants to set you free. And there are people today that, listen, your first step isn't letting Jesus use your boat. Your first step is asking Jesus into your life. And if you're here today and you don't know Christ, I promise you his plans are greater than your plans. His ways are greater than our ways. And it all starts, listen, not by getting all our questions answered, because nobody ever followed Jesus because they got all their questions answered. It starts with you saying, you know what, Jesus, I want to give my life to you. And so if you're watching today online and you want to give your life to Jesus, I want to invite you to pray right where you are right now. And just ask Him into your life. Just say, Jesus Christ, right now, I ask you to come into my life. Take over, Jesus. Take control. I surrender everything to you. Show me how to live for you the rest of my life the best I know how. In Jesus' name, now with head still bowed and eyes still closed, if, if you just pray to receive Christ, if you if you'll just hit that button online, there's a, there's a hand raise button on the church online platform, or you can raise your hand on Facebook. You can just hit the hand raise emoji right now. We've had two people so far that we know that have prayed to receive Christ. Yes, Jesus, I'm available. I'm here. I'm here for what you want me to do. So if you pray to receive Christ, or you can send us an email and let us know hello at perrynoble.com hello at perrynoble.com jesus thank you for all that you are doing thank you for all that you're going to do we ask this in jesus name amen now hey before we sign off for those of you that are interested i want to tell you about our facility that we signed a lease on this week super super excited um several months ago i have a pastor friend pastor lenny and he reached out to me and his church occupied a facility and he said hey um, our church is maybe thinking about making a move. Are you interested in using this facility? And at the time I was like, no, because at the time all I had, we we were on an iPhone. Okay. And this is a 10, but we had a seven. So like, like we were way back. Um, and I was like, no, man, I'm thinking about upgrading to a 10. That's about all the progress we're going to be able to make right now. It's all we can afford. Um, and, but things have happened over the past month and especially over the past two weeks, And God just opened the door wide open. So if you're in Anderson, the place that we're going to be meeting, listen, in July or August, it's not going to be next week. Listen to me, people. Listen. (laughs) July or August is going to take time to get in there. I'm saying July or August, number one, because I don't want you emailing Carly this week because she's getting married on Saturday and she don't have time to answer questions that I've answered right here, okay? (laughs) July... Our August is when we're going to be able to start meeting there but it's located if you're in Anderson if you know where Lowe's is and Target is there's a shopping center right in front of Lowe's and Target where Barberitos and Fuji Steakhouse and the place that waxes people um, I don't even know what that place is but everybody says it's good. I've never been waxed before but everybody says it's a good deal so hey I might give it a shot anyway there's there's a there's a corner there's a corner piece of property in there currently occupied by Powerhouse. There's some great friends, Pastor Lenny. They're going to be going to a different location, and we have leased that facility. We're going to start meeting there when? July, July or August. Yeah. And, and what, So everybody's like, what's it going to take for us to get in there? Well, it's going to take our prayers. Um, we got to build people. we got to build teams. we got to get volunteer teams. And just to let you know, it's going to take a little bit of coin. Actually, it's going to take a lot of of money. We're we're, we're going to get some carpet and paint and sound system. We're starting from scratch. We're starting from scratch. So for those of you that have been praying for this, thank you. We are making strides towards it. And for those of you that have been giving, thank you so much. Thank you so much. You actually allowed us to be able to sign the lease and put down a security deposit and everything, all that's taken care of. But we're going to have to raise some resources in order to get into this facility. So for those of you that have been giving, thank you. For those of you that haven't, help us, please, because it's, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. We're super excited. It's gonna, the sanctuary is going to seat about 350 to 400 people. A lot of people go, that's not big enough. It is for the first step. It is for the first step. We're going to have a children's area, nursery. It's going to be awesome children at least grades, at least through grade three, hopefully through grade five, but at least through grade three, there's room enough to do it. So thank you for those of you that have prayed for this to happen. It's going to happen in July or August. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's going to happen. So thank, thank you for praying and we're super excited about it. And we'll see you next week for part two of He's Up to Something.